Hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the one and only Long Beach State Athletics podcast featuring the one and only athletics director, Andy Fee. It's the LB Fee Show, as always, hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and to my right. Uh, Mike Gardabasio, very happy to be here on the one and only Long Beach State Athletics podcast featuring the one and only director of athletics, Andy Fee. We are at Legends. Mike's convinced that joke will never get old. (laughs) Monday evening, as always. Uh, We are joined by special guest, the Long Beach State track and field coach, Andy Scythe, will be on a little bit later. Uh, But first up, uh, Andy, welcome to your show. Well, you know, guys, once again, uh, happy to be here and ready to talk a little Beach Nation. As always, uh, excited to talk to you, Andy. And as always, we start with, how was your weekend? The weekend was good. Uh, I actually uh, was able to get up to the Staples Center and uh, watch the Michigan-Florida State game, which was crazy. Life is rough. Life is rough. You know, I went up there, forced <laughs> to forced to go there, Duty twisted calls. my arm. Uh, but uh, did you guys watch, uh, watch that game? I yeah. did. How, what did you think of the decision to not foul at the end of the game? I was really surprised. I was that. surprised. Obviously, wasn't watching on TV, but I, I turned to my buddy who was with me, and I was like, "Why don't they foul?" Yeah. Like, I did not understand it. I mean, I, I did see the the post game interview where uh, he did speak <laughs> about it. I'm not sure if it connected with him what he was being asked, but I was I was honestly shocked. It was a four point game. It was it was definitely a weird decision. I think we we have a little uh, group chat uh, of sports writers. And I think 15 people texted the same thing at the exact same moment. Yeah. Why don't you foul right there? Yeah, I think we all knew that. Uh, more importantly, what did it do to your bracket, Andy? Uh, that bracket was demolished uh, <laughs> quite a while ago. Um, you know, there's no, there's no, no loss there. But um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think I saw something. I can't remember the stat, but ESPN had some crazy statistic of who actually either had the Elite Eight or the Final Four. I don't know if you guys there saw was one, that. There was like one person right. who had the correct Final Four or something. Yeah. I, I mean, know. calling Loyola Chicago has got to be the call of all calls. Well, but see, because he, because here's always my thing when someone makes a run like that. Is that even a good bracket? Like, what was the actual <laughs> chances? I mean, I know it happened. Yeah. But that was the one in however many. Like, so is it is it bad that you choose something that was that unlikely to? Happen? Right is always good, Mike. Right is always I guess. good. I guess. You either win it all or you come dead yeah. last with right. that bracket that <laughs> that I, guy has. And I feel like that's the way you should fill out your bracket every time because who's going out to finish fourth? Nobody. You're going out to win the whole thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That, well, that's great. You got to go. Uh, a tough life, obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, for you. Uh, but Loyola Chicago on one, on one Final Four, you got to be able to, you know, be Nostradamus to pull that thing off. But it's still, as, as it does almost every year when somebody makes a run, has people calling us saying, why can't Long Beach State do that? If it were only that simple, right? As if it were a novel idea that well, Long Beach State had never considered getting into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. That's what, that's what I always say. I go, oh, they probably didn't think of that. I'll, I'll let them know that you've suggested that they try on a Final Four run for the, for the marketing uh, people. It's not, the, uh, <laughs> it's not impossible, as we've seen, but it, but it is very difficult. I'm, I'm sure athletic directors around the nation at mid-majors are getting the same question this week. Oh, yeah, and, you know, they're, they're spending a ton of money to try and get it done. You know, the new coaches' salaries that are, keep coming out with who's getting paid what I mean it's just getting more and more expensive and you know it is what it is but uh, you know people are paying a lot of money and not necessarily doing what Loyola did this year. Speaking of which we talked about this two weeks ago the contract for head coach Dan Munson the men's basketball team uh, is expiring next year and Andy we asked you about the future of men's basketball and you have an update? Yeah so Dan and I sat down we met um, and talked to you know about this past season 
uh, the past couple seasons and the entire tenure that he's been here. And um, he and I are actually having a conversation to see if there's some options to keep him long term. Uh, his contract is up at the end of next season, so that's uh, 2019, if I do my math right. But, um, you know, we, we have high expectations. And, you know, last season and, and the year before the last two years certainly are not um, to what my expectations are for the program, nor, nor Coach Monson's. So, you know, what we focused our discussion on was, you know, how do we get back to where we were, which was the, the, the cream of the crop in the Big West, in my opinion, having been in the Big West uh, for a number of years now and uh, kind of being that dominant team in, in the conference. I think that everybody would agree that it would be very difficult to go into a lame duck year where he's coaching in, in a situation like that. Are you talking to him in a extension or bust mentality? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, the, the lame duck, and in, in, I haven't really had that part of the discussion necessarily, but yeah, I mean, as you get into the, the last year, there's really no point. I mean, honestly, you know, for us to go into next year, you can do it. I've seen it done before different places. I'm not a fan of that because I don't think uh, the health of your program is really uh, at the heart of that decision because you still have to recruit. Um, you know, there's a lot of lifeblood that's going on that you just can't hit a pause button and be like, well, we'll just pick it up in, you know, fall of 19. I mean, right. well, and I, th I think obviously one of the hallmarks that you typically see on these mid-major Cinderella runs is stability in the program. Like you said, it's someone who's been there and built something um, as we're talking about the tournament. What does it mean to you still or, or to, I, I guess, the athletic department when you have a coach like Dan who had one of the one of the the magical runs of all runs right with Gonzaga that is still talked about is there something from that you know as you talk to him or as you think back on that do you think that there's still lessons there that sort of can be transferred to Long Beach State or you know in other words are those moments lightning in a bottle that you can't necessarily recreate or do you think a coach who was there for one of those special times can sort of take that to somewhere else I guess you know, I think coaching is coaching. I think Dan or anyone that's had a lot of success, they don't forget how to coach. I mean, they don't forget what they're doing. It's not like they wake up one morning and they're like, well, what am I supposed to do today? <laughs> right. um, you know, so it's just not that easy. And this is not to, to, to make excuses, but, you know, I was at uh, the game on Saturday and someone told me that uh, Florida State, um, what the coach's name? I'm blanking on the coach's name, but they had been six years in a row where they didn't make the tournament. Six years in a row they didn't make the NCAA tournament. At Florida State. At Florida State. Right. And, again, I'm not trying to make exact comparisons, but it, it's not easy. And we have high expectations. Uh, you know, it's been a couple of years since we've gone. Uh, I think 2012 was the last NCAA tournament. So, you know, again, I, I'm not here to make excuses. But, you know, I, I do think that Dan can coach. I, I, I think he is a, a veteran coach. Um, someone that obviously has had a ton of success in his career. And, uh, you know, I do think that it's transferable. I mean, every place has a different formula, in my opinion. But, you know, as long as you have someone that understands the game, um, understands how to recruit, understands how to run a program. Again, Dan runs a clean program. I think, as we all know, we've been watching, you know, the, the drama being played out around college basketball right now. And, um, you know, Dan runs a clean ship, and I'll tell you the truth, that that's really important to me. You know, I, I, I don't want to win at all costs. That's not, not, it's not even an option for me. I don't want three years from now and say, well, we went to the Sweet 16, but no, guess what's a, going on? Right, that's a really good point. I mean, he came in after a coach who, who, who did, you know, obviously uh, have issues that created uh, a situation with the NCAA, and that was sort of his first order of business at Long Beach State was, okay, you've got to deal with this issue at first and sort of rebuild something. 
And you're right. I, I, uh, JJ and I talked about that as well. As all this stuff's coming out about the FBI investigation, it's nice to cover a program that seemingly one of the only programs that was not mentioned in any of those stories. You know, so that's a that's a good point as well. Yeah, I mean, I, and you know, and, and not to cast aspersion, but you know, I know our friends up at Northridge. You know, they announced the new coach, and the following day, that coach is n- is named as part of the FBI subpoena. And I'm not saying I'm not here to judge, but I'm, what I'm saying is, from the the optics of it, that that's not what you want. You do not want a link between any of your coaches in any sport and something that has the three letters FBI in it. <laughs> Breaking news, exclusive content each and every week here at the LB Fee Show. We record this thing every Monday, and every Monday we also break down what's happening this week at the beach. This week, get started with a big one on Thursday for the Dirtbags. Now, the whole weekend kind of gets shifted up because of that holiday. So the Dirtbags are starting their non-conference weekend series at Fresno State on Thursday after playing number 25 San Diego State on Tuesday at Blair Field. Those Dirtbags coming off a magical weekend at some some place over in Orange County, Behind something orange, I'm I'm not sure. I think it's full full Fullerton. You've really done well for yourself as a sports writer, despite not being able to remember the word Fullerton for the last ten years. I'm very impressed. It's not that important <laughs> to me, Mike. Clayton Andrews delivering on oh. Sunday. I called it the biggest win of the season because not only does it give you the series win, which is your second in a row and your second That's of the right. season, but it really solidifies that starting uh, rotation with Zach Bayon on Friday. Tyler Radcliffe on Saturday, and Clayton Andrews on Sunday, who not only pitched into the eighth inning, but also delivered the game-winning hit in the eighth inning. Yeah, that's called winning it for yourself and your team. <laughs> uh, you know, what, what, what a great weekend, like you said. Um, you know, great crowds out there. I, I'd say maybe even on Sunday, there might have been 50% of the people there were Dirtbags fans. And this is at Fullerton. You know, they're, they're not, you know, one of their best teams so far. You know, they're working to get better, but... Um, you know, to have that kind of turnout, to have our fans there and vocal and loud, I wasn't able to get to the game, but I was listening. And, and when he hit that shot, I was like, holy, is this – wait, is I supposed to be a Blair Field? Yeah, or? it was like the Chargers were playing a home game. Exactly. I'll tell you what, you go back and you look at the clip that's on LB Dirtbag's Twitter feed, and you can hear the crowd. You don't Definitely. even have to watch the whole game. Just go back and watch that clip of Andrew's hit. Uh, special stuff, as JJ mentioned, for the Dirtbags. Could be more special stuff for the Long Beach State men's volleyball team. Still the unanimous number one team in the country, hosting number four UC Irvine at 7 p.m. on Friday. I'm expecting this to be, you know, maybe not quite as good a crowd as when they hosted number two UCLA, but expecting it to be loud and exciting in the pyramid again. Are you, are you coming to that match, Andy? I will be there. I, I was kind of going through the pyramid today, and, and Coach Snipe and he and the team were kind of finishing up practice, so I was able to chat with them. You know, they're focused. They know what they need to do. They're preparing. Uh, and it should be it should be an unbelievable two, two nights, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, here on Friday and at Irvine on Saturday. Um, they are, to me, and I've, I've been covering the university for, you know, about a decade now. To me, that is probably already my favorite team I've covered, maybe in any sport. The combination of the chemistry between the players and the skill that they have, where you have arguably, I mean, undeniably the top outside hitter, arguably also the top opposite and the top setter and one of the top middles in the country and the freshman Simone Anderson. Um, I've mentioned to you, you're, I call you the bandwagon AD since you showed up right when everything was kind of peaking at the university. How fun are the, is, are, uh, is that team for you to watch? Are you a volleyball guy or are you sort of learning more about the sport through this Yeah, team? no, I'm a, I'm a volleyball guy. Uh, you know, don't ask me to play it, but I uh, love watching it. Uh, a good friend of mine, 
uh, who went to high school. He's a little older than me, but played here. A guy named Brent Hillier. Don't know if you know He was okay. Yeah, he was okay. He was okay. You know, <laughs> he, he did all right. Um, you know, I love watching it. I mean, the, 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 the skill level, everything you just talked about of, of coming together makes them um, forget just what, what sport to sport to sport, but just looking at them athletically is, is unbelievable. Mike, really? This team, your favorite? Not uh, 2011 men's volleyball? Mike, what are they hitting right now? Can you tell me that? They're currently hitting, I believe, 403 as of today, which is still on pace to shatter the NCAA record for hitting percentage in the season. Uh, still undefeated, uh, set the program record for best start, and still the unanimous number one team in the country. I want to do top five favorite teams at Long Beach State now. Okay, you, next week. we got to work on that. Next I week like we'll that. Yeah. Through, for sure. but, yeah, we'll actually have more than Andy. That's yeah, crazy. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Softball team going to be back home this weekend starting Big West play. They are taking on Hawaii Friday at 1. They're going to be doing the doubleheader on Saturday, like I said, the whole weekend shift because of that holiday. But the softball team coming off of another big win. They've won seven straight after sweeping LMU. Uh, Noemi Hernandez had a, uh, had a historic uh, game had five hits in one game to tie a school record. She's only five of five. Once, once again, this softball team just keeps on cruising, and now we're going to see uh, if they can put their money where their mouth is and uh, and get through this conference uh, schedule because it, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Riverside, they're doing well. I think they're twenty plus wins. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but you know, I think what you've seen so far from the softball program is a team that that competes to the final out. Uh, you know. Game three, I think, you know, had to rally back to, to win that game. Um, and th that was a big win because uh, I, I think the, I'm going to call them unofficial, RPI just came out, and I think we're at 49 right now. And a loss to LMU would have killed us. No doubt. It would have killed us. And so you see it to say you start looking at, at single games and saying, well, where did the season go? That was a big win to come back and sweep them because. Yeah, and extra innings, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that, was, that was a huge thing. So. You know, I, I think, you know, I feel really good about it. I'm the eternal optimist, but, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they can do. They're a great team, great coaching staff, uh, and they just they just play so hard. So with that win, they move up to 18 in the RPI now. So it certainly oh, was a certainly, certainly certainly was yeah. a big win, and uh, that producer Roger stepping in with that one. I yeah, like it. Thank you, Roger. We we got a, a team effort. We have some extra elements going on at Legends. We've also got French fries and lemon pepper wings. So uh, if we sound happier than we usually do, we've uh, we've been taken care of by the staff here at Legends. Some other highlights from the weekend: the Long Beach State beach volleyball team will be competing in the Big West Challenge. Talk the, about a busy week, dude. Nine matches. Yeah, nine matches this week. Stay loose. Yeah, stay very loose. Uh, then uh, the women's water polo team will be hosting Cal State Northridge on Saturday at noon. The women's tennis team traveling to UC Santa Barbara for the fee versus the rivalry series. That's right. Have you lost anything to Santa Barbara I, since I coming don't to Long Beach yet? Anything, okay, okay, so okay, no okay, okay. It's just going well so far. It's it's we'll it's just going say okay. it's going well. It's going, so okay. it's going well. They're going working well. on it. Yeah. No Thanks. pressure. No <laughs> Thanks pressure, so much. Coach Scythe, if you, uh, oh, there you face go. the Gauchos. <laughs> Thanks so much, Andy. We're going to be bringing you back on in just a minute as we bring on our guest. But we wanted to remind you right now uh, as we bring on that guest that Long Beach State fans, you got to know about the 562.org if you want to know about Long Beach State sports. We have got all the coverage provided there. We send out the newsletter. We've got videos, previews, recaps, photos. The Twitter updates and the interaction is up to you, though. You have to get at us on Facebook and on Twitter and let us know, hey, well, what do you want to hear on this show, for example? 
We've also producing a weekly sports section for the Grunning Gazette newspaper. You can find that for free all over town. Uh, lots of, I mean, if you are a Long Beach State fan who likes to see Long Beach State on the cover of a Long Beach sports section where they belong, that is the newspaper section for you. So you can pick that up anywhere you see a blue Grunning Gazette stand for free. We'd like to welcome our guest, six-time Big West Coach of the Year. He's won more than a handful of conference championships, to be sure, in 29 years at Long Beach State. Qualified 17 athletes for the NCAA West prelims last season. And Long Beach State, this is so impressive, has established over 130 new school records under him while he's been a coach at Long Beach State, Coach Andy Scythe. Thank you so much for joining us, Coach. Nice to be here. Coach, uh, are you the longest tenured coach at Long Beach State now? 29 years in the in the program. I I am the longest tenured. Uh, that makes me an old man. <laughs> I, you know, I, and I have to say, and I'm not just saying this to flatter you here at Legends. Uh, I was surprised. I was surprised at that. You don't seem like someone that's been around the program for 30 years. What, how old were you when you started coaching at Long Beach? Oh boy, I was 23 years old at the time. Okay, wow. all right. <laughs> well, I guess that's probably why you. Uh, I was surprised to see that. Then. 29 years in the Long Beach sun, Mike. That's that's how you look. So maybe we should hang outside more. Um, I mean, was that the goal? When you, I can't imagine any time you start a job at 23, most people are thinking, okay, I need to work this job well for two years and move on to something. I mean, how, are, are you? Would you have been surprised at that time to find out what the next 30 years of your life would look like? Absolutely. Yeah, I thought at that time. You know, this would be uh, a place where you, you work your tail off and try to show what you can do and then find some place that was really great to go. And, <laughs> and what I found is as we got better at what we did, Long Beach was the great place to go and that was the great place to be. So um, by sticking with it and pursuing, you know, our dreams and our vision, we were able to establish ourselves as one of the great track programs in the country and definitely in the Big West. 29 years, how different does campus look? <laughs> well, you know, we had a recruit in today, and, and the dad played football here, um, and he he pretty much spelled it out for us. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, the pyramid wasn't there, the parking structure wasn't there. You know, this building, that building. Really, your you end know. of campus didn't particularly exist at that time. Right? No, no, we had a nice field with some uh, pucker brush out there that extended over <laughs> to Atherton, and and yeah, we uh, we just kind of seen it grow up. That's a perfect time to talk about the uh, improvements to the facility on campus. Jack Rose Track, what was it, uh, three years ago, went through uh, with the whole refurbishment on, on campus? Yeah, they finished the project in uh, 2015 in May. And that, uh, that facility is a premier track and facility in the country. And definitely in the West region, we are among the very best out there. What makes it so good? Well, uh, we put a lot of thought into the design, and the university came through with uh, ensuring that we met all the criteria of the IAAF, which is the international certifying body, for tracks. So we built it to be as wide as possible, making it great for you know lap runners. Uh, we we made sure we had dual everything with dual directional win, you know, uh, uh, ability to compete in those ways, and and uh, you know we made sure we got great equipment. Uh, we had the extra wide lanes. Um, we made sure the wind was at our back, you know, for the, the races and the, and the competition. So at the end of the day, um, there isn't a better place to compete under conditions. But as far as the facility layout and the design, it's optimal for uh, the spectator and for the athlete to engage in a great track meet. So I got a chance to see that firsthand. I was out covering uh, beach volleyball, uh, sweeping Washington in the rain last week, and I saw some of your kids out there running on the track in the rain, and I was sort of laughing. Well, that wouldn't have been possible 
<laughs> or wouldn't have been as comfortable four or five years ago. But uh, but the surface is, I mean, beautiful. Uh, and like you said, up there with anything I've ever been on. Uh, to switch gears a little bit, um, last week we had Mike Campbell on. He's the head coach of the, the Long Beach State Beach team. Um, and we sort of asked him about what his coaching responsibilities were like. Because I think if we were to read off all your accomplishments, JJ mentioned the 130 new program records in your tenure. Those come in so many different disciplines, so many different, uh, you know, kinds of even geographic locations on the track, right? During your average meet, where are you? What are you doing? How do you sort of, you're really almost more of a CEO than a coach, right? Because you have so many different people competing in so many different events at the same time. What is a meet like for you, you know, on that Saturday? Well, a lot of preparation goes in in advance, so any of that CEO duty kind of ends when we step onto the track, and then I'm I'm kind of relegated to the areas where I coach, and and I'm stationary at that point, and so uh, the other coaches are kind of orchestrated already, moving around in their areas, doing the things they do, whether they're attending to the warm up and getting the psyche of the athlete ready, or they're there on the sideline cheering or barking orders, you know, things that they need to do. But it is different from say a basketball coach, where if the game's at seven you're going to have the, your team is going to be sitting on one bench behind you they're going to be playing basketball on one court in front of you i mean you guys have got you know so many different people going at the same time um, have you sort of how do you get used to tracking all that stuff simultaneously especially like a conference meet where you're really trying to keep track of the score and everything well it, it really presents a challenge and so you know i i react a lot to the cheers i hear a cheer <laughs> i turn i look and i'm like okay there's our guy he did pretty well you know don't know how high that was or how fast it was but it's nice to to know that they're doing something pretty good and people recognize it so you know it's I don't always find out the results or the things that happen until after the meet's over. Um, thank goodness for you know software these days. You can go online sometimes and see the results as you, as they happen and unfold. Right. And so that is a, a new benefit to, to what we do. So, you have a phenomenal resume when it comes to track. But I assume growing up played some different sports. Take us back, Andy. What what do, oh. what did you grow up playing? Well, you know, I, I, I played soccer and I played football and uh, did pretty well at those. Uh, football was something that uh, took me in a direction that, you know, if it weren't for an injury, I might have gone that route. Um, but track was always my first love. What, what uh, position did you play in football? So I was a tight end, um, had a little size, but I had more speed. And then, uh, and then I kicked, I was a punter, and I was pretty good at both. So uh, between the three of those things, I had multiple options. So how does that translate into track? How did you how did you take that from the football field to the track? Oh gosh, I don't know if there is a <laughs> translation. Um, you know, it, it, track is always there to make you better in football. Um, I'm not sure if anything in football really made me better for track, except for the size. And and so I was able to uh, be a decent decathlete. Um, pole vault was uh, one of my specialties. So, you know, I guess just the you know, go can get you, an attitude. And, can you say that again for all the football players out there? <laughs> track makes you better at football? Absolutely. I'll Pay attention, kids. I'll <laughs> shout it out. We, uh, we, we, JJ and I spend a fair amount of time griping about the advent of seven-on-seven seven football, which, as you know, in Long Beach, obviously, such a great history at the high school level for track and field. And a lot of those great athletes have been football players who use the spring to get faster and everything. Um, what, what, are you, what are your feeling on that? I mean, it, it's got to be a different kind of athlete you guys see as more and more football players kind of specialize to being year-round uh, football-wise. I mean, for us, the relays used to be all football kids, you know, mm -hmm. in, in Long Beach, I feel like. Not and that long ago. It's sort of gone away from that a little bit. 
Well, you know, the dynamics have changed out there, but the need for speed never ends. It's always a requirement. And um, some coaches are real good working with their track coaches to make that work. And sometimes uh, people get a little, you know, tight and want to hold tight to their athlete, you know, and, and um, take all the credit. So, you know, it, there's a lot of different reasons, and that's not the only one. But I would say that uh, uh, those that have figured it out have found uh, there's some pretty special results you can get. And for the athlete, obviously getting accolades in both seasons uh, kind of feeds their you know, need for success. So, You've had some really phenomenal athletes in the last few years. You think about O'Reilly Cooks, Willie Alexander. Who's the next Cooks or Alexander coming up? Who should we all be looking out for at Long Beach State Track? Well, you know, we, we build on the success of our past. And so those two have made a, uh, a big impact and, and had a lot of influence on the athletes we currently have. Um, on the women's side, you know, you're going to hear a lot about Courtney Davis. Um, we have some local Long Beach athletes like Ashley Chambers out of Wilson High right. School. Um, you have Kamani Briggs, um, who's out of Wilson High School. Um, and then there's Jason Smith. He's a fantastic multi-event uh, jumper. He can sprint for us too, but we focused him um, on going beyond the long jump into the high jump and triple jump realm, and he's having a lot of success now too. Uh, we've got great throwers, um, other great sprinters, and, and all of them know those athletes and know what they did, and they dream to accomplish the things that they have. What do you think Willie would jump right now if we sent him out? <laughs> if we sent him out to do the long jump? Well... You, sometimes you can't coach talent, you know, and <laughs> Willie probably surprise us all and, and put a big number out there. But, you know, these guys, what made them so good is we were competitive within our program. And they had someone to compete against that challenged them. And the Kamani Briggs made Willie Alexander better. And Willie Alexander definitely made Kamani Briggs better. And so it's that in, in the team competition that really, you know, kind of affects us and then it gets us ready for the outside competition. You guys have some great assistant coaches out there as well, but I want to know, if you lined up the coaches, which events could you still compete in? I mean, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you getting out there with the distance runners? Oh, no thanks. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. In a, I, in a rascal, maybe, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it brings great, um, you know, calmness to just my day having coaches like I have, you know, to know that things are being handled and taken care of. You know, if it's not our Olympic coach, you know, and associate head coach, Latanya Sheffield, it's the stability that a Corey Lobel has brought to our program. You know, Latanya's been here six years, going on seven next year. Corey's been with me um, 11, 12 years, and then before that as a student athlete. Um, that stability really, uh, we talked about it with the basketball coaches a few minutes ago, and it, it makes a difference. So Sean Winget now in his second year is our distance coach, and we're looking to see that continue on because uh, that's an area where we need to build back up, and we've had a lot of turnover. Um, uh, and then, you know, uh, Brandon Heerholzer, who's a former student athlete, a lot of our alumni have come back to give back, and they've done a remarkable job developing our athletes. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Beach Invitational and uh, what you're looking for. I know uh, JJ and I have been involved with the Century Club for a while. I know they always send some volunteers your guys' way, and uh, I'm sure you're looking for volunteers. But tell people a little bit about the event 
And uh, I love it because I think it's such a great showcase for your facility. Um, but, uh, yeah, tell people a little bit about the beach invite. Well, you know, things you might want to know are that we'll probably, you know, have in the neighborhood of 4,000 athletes participating over the, over the course of the weekend. Um, 150 teams from around the nation, most of them out of state. Uh, we'll have multiple countries represented. At the last beach invite, we had two Olympic gold medalists performing there. Wow. Um, and multiple Olympians. Uh, we do give out some cash prizes for some events, up to $1,000 to attract some of the top talent. Uh, great spectator event. Um, we filled the stands and the bleachers last year, and now we have our new stands and bleachers that went in September, so we're looking to you know, try them out. And they're nice. I did not slip on them climbing in the rain even, which I was, uh, I was very happy about. I was a little nervous, but they're, they're, it's a, a very nice facility upgrade. Um, you'll see some great competition. Um, this, this facility, this track is so good. Uh, that we continue to see records shattered, not just meet records, but stadium records. And this meets in its 24th year. Um, but uh, you'll, you'll see the best of our Long Beach State athletes performing out there. Um, you'll see the Oregons, possibly the last year we had LSU, we had Ole Miss, you know, we had some great programs, SC uh, locally, and, and uh, we're going to continue to develop that. Those schools are, are saying they want to come back because they found our meet to be one of the best meets anywhere. Thank you so much for taking the time, Coach. This is really the crunch time of your season, right? I mean, the most important meets are right around the corner. Yeah, we're entering the second half of our season. At this point, we start competing every weekend. Every meet is important in our development and preparation. Um, we always have the goal to challenge for a win at the conference championship, which comes up at Northridge on May 11th and 12th. Um, but even more so, uh, what excites us is getting to the NSA postseason and having our kids ready for that. So, Well, you guys are right up there with like a Long Beach State men's volleyball team we mentioned was number one in the country. You guys have had top-level All-Americans that have had top seven finishes at the NCAA finals, uh, which is not something that many mid-major programs can say in any sport. Uh, but that's been some of the stuff that's been most most exciting for us the last few years we mentioned Willie Alexander uh, who I was like running around jumping up and down when he it was he finished third in the NCAA finals second second yeah I mean that's you know to see a, a Long Beach State athlete uh, do that in any sport is incredible but especially to me I that's what I love about track and field the oval is the same size <laughs> right it's everyone's got to go and jump into the same pit and uh, you guys have been doing a great job for almost 30 years now i was five years old when you took the head coaching job at long beach state you did, did that to you. yourself mike i, I did <laughs> you dated yourself <laughs> i did but i that's to me that's incredible and to have had the success you've had uh, congratulations and good luck with the rest of the season thank you well you know i'm part of a great city and that's you know everything here we're trying to be as good as we can possibly be but we're surrounded by greatness already so. Yeah, amen. Uh, track this season. I think track and volleyball in Long Beach might be head-to-head -head for what Long Beach is going to be this season, right? Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, Long sure. Lo volleyball is very good. Volleyball has always been very good in Long Beach. But track, man, Polly, Wilson, obviously Long Beach State, we could have a great spring. It could be a lot of championships at a lot of different levels all around the city, which is pretty cool. Uh, thanks again to Andy Scythe for coming down to Legends and hanging out with us here uh, Monday evening at Legends. we got the lemon pepper wings and the fries on the table. Uh, let's go ahead and bring back... Uh, Andy Fee. Well, yeah, we have to bring him back for the outro, as we do here every Monday. Well, I do my part. I LB, do my part. The LB Fee Show. Okay, so I have something to discuss for the outro. I'm very excited about this. Mike brought, Mike brought some homework. I've found I'm not out, giving up my age. No. I, <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, go ahead. Uh, I found out that JJ and Andy, you guys have the same TV show. You're also a big Seinfeld fan? Without a doubt. So JJ could literally sit here. I'm not going to put him on the spot. <laughs> But he could, I could name certain episodes, and he could run through the whole script. What is your favorite Seinfeld episode? That's a tough yeah, call to I, pick. That's rough, Mike. 
favorite oh, of all oh, time? Sorry, Seinfeld fans. I asked you to answer of a all question. That's <laughs> tough. I mean, I'm I'm Man. racking. I mean, okay, Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm? You're both Seinfeld oh, fans. Oh boy, over I, Curb. Well, I'm always gonna say the original. I'm always a fan of the old, the old stuff. Yeah. Okay. I like the old stuff first, so I'd say Seinfeld just because yeah, of that. And yeah. also the rewatchability. I think the Seinfeld is more rewatchable than some some seasons of Curb. Without a doubt. I mean, I'm going to throw the Soup Nazi episode out there. That's oh, yes. just Absolutely. I just love the scene where they just, you know, don't ask, just just move along, move <laughs> along, right? Just, just step to the left, ask, you know, make, you know, I just, I can picture myself doing that. I got to go with the pilot, man. I know that sounds like uh, yeah. a nerdy answer, but the that two, a, no, it is two a nerdy, of my yeah, favorite, it is a nerdy answer. two of That's my favorite all-time like bits is the that second button's too high on your shirt, and the airport greeting, double hand clasp over the top. I don't know what this means. Those are two of my favorites, and they're both in the same episode. No love for Kenny Rogers Roasters, no big no, deal. Okay, these pretzels <laughs> are making me thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> the living with the red menace, Mike. <laughs> this, uh, this, this show, from here forward, is just going to be me sneaking Seinfeld references in uh, to try and get you guys to laugh, I think. We should do some Seinfeld trivia yes. is what we should do. I'm going to put together trivia for next week. That would be good. We're going to be really dialed in on the Seinfeld next week. I also want favorite character. I'll let you think about it, though, because I think favorite character might be more difficult than favorite episode. George. Oh, Mike, is there is there another answer? Yes. Okay. All Tune right. in next week. <laughs> Not giving it up. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the LB Fee Show featuring Long Beach State Director of Athletics Andy Fee as well as J.J. Fiddler and myself, Mike Garbasio, from the 562.org. They don't call him the DA, Mike. They call him the AD. We've been uh, down at Legends <laughs> enjoying uh, some wings and fries and uh, watching basketball, uh, watching the Lakers uh, blow it again on the big screen. Every week. <laughs> Minor detail. <laughs> Uh, if you are interested in any of the events that we just mentioned, uh, especially I w- I'll see everyone at the, the Pyramid on Friday at 7 p.m. for the men's volleyball team. Number one, hosting number four, UC Irvine. You can contact the Long Beach State box office at 562-985-4949. Make sure you get at the 562.org. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Follow all of your Long Beach State news right there and right here at the LBF Show. We'll see you guys next week.